Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello, welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Tom Marvin, Senior Tech Head at BikeRadar.com. And today I am joined in the podcast studio by two of our techie titans. First up, we've got Luke Marshall. He's uh, representing the mountain bikers today. How are you getting on, Luke? I'm very well, thanks, Tom. How about yourself? I am A-OK, thank you, yeah. Uh, and we've got Ash Quinlan, who is our curly bard friend for the day. How's it going, Ash? Very well, thanks. Yeah, not too bad at all. Excellent. What you've, uh, what you been up to at the moment, Ashley? Uh, oh, uh, what haven't I been doing? It's uh, it's it's a smorgasbord of news writing, uh, technical checking of all the copy that gets submitted to us. Uh, I'm just fever, you know, beavering away at my mm-hmm. at my laptop. It's all it's all very all very boring to be honest. Excellent. Um, I heard this morning you had to tech check some new wheels. Uh, there's a little a little funny moment in our uh, in our meeting this morning. <laughs> I sort of just phased out there for a minute. No, no, that's not what I do. Oh no, wait, it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why are you sending me this copy to check? Yes. Well, actually, because you're the technical editor. <laughs> ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that makes sense, yeah. Um, have, you been ri- have you been riding at all uh, recently, Ashley? I have. Um, at the moment, I've got a pretty nifty um, Madone SLR, a Trek Madone SLR on, on test at the moment. Took it out for 125k. Lovely. Out to deepest, darkest Wales, otherwise known as Chepstow. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> got, got far enough. Uh, no, and it's uh, it's been an interesting test so far. It's uh, yeah, looking forward to getting some more miles on it. And the Madone is the Aero race bike, is that right? It's the Aero race bike. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been, it's sort of made headlines recently, and has got well. Bit of backlash. Do you want to call it backlash for its uh, for its ISO flow? Oh, tech. is that the little um, baguette hole? The baguette hole. Yeah, I've so far fitted a Welsh cake into it. Nice. So we'll we'll go for something else uh, next time I go out on it. Maybe tomorrow. Lovely. Oh, maybe a hot dog. Um, <laughs> Luke, what have you been up to recently? Uh, I've been pretty lucky. So I've got a few quite fancy bikes in the garage at the minute on test. Lovely. Um, there's the Mondraker Foxy Carbon RR. Okay. Um, so that uses Mondraker's Mind Telemetry System. Mm. Um, yeah, which uses a kind of built-in device that lets you measure the sag and the suspension travel while riding. And it also has a GPS tracker that kind of tracks your ride and gives you, you know, altitude Average uh, okay. speeds, distance, everything like that. So it's like having your foam with Strava and an O-ring on the stanchions. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah, been giving that a go. Um, 
And there's also Canyon's new Strive CFR on test as well. Yep. So I've been getting getting to grips with that one as well. Nice. So uh, yeah, I had about no spaces for baguettes though. No, no baguette <laughs> holes. There's no holes in the down tube or nothing for a. Uh... No, not of those two bikes, unfortunately. Oh, shocking! It's yeah, 2022. I know. This is it. Wow, very nice. How about you, Tom? How are you? What have you been up oh, to? Uh, I'm all right, actually. Thank you. I've been um, getting back on the bike post-COVID because I've been through that fun and games. Turns out it's quite hard uh, getting back on the bike. Uh, but I've been, uh, I, I rode my long-term downcountry bike for the first time in quite a long time, actually, yesterday, uh, and scared myself a little bit because I've been riding long, slack, sticky, tired uh, enduro bikes for the past couple of months um, and a shorter, steeper, non-sticky, tired downcountry bike it's going to influence our discussion for today Tom it, it might it has it has, no it hasn't influenced it in sure? that particular yesterday's ride hasn't influenced today's discussion uh, but the previous rides maybe maybe they've contributed towards my contributions um, a nice segue thanks for that Luke you're right, you're right. Um, well I, I was I was thinking uh, when we're coming up with these the podcast titles we do two a week so finding titles sometimes is a, a stretch of imagination but I was I was looking through my garage and I thought you know what that bike there is one of my dream bikes it's one of the bikes that if I had to spend some money on I would spend some money on it so as I was looking at this bike and I thought you know why not what would be in my dream garage so I thought why not make a podcast about it I think we did one a couple of years ago so you can search back through the many hundreds of bike rider podcasts to find a previous episode that was very similar to this but I thought let's bring in Luke let's bring in Ash uh, and uh, see what we would put in our own garage if we had to um, go and buy some bikes so we limited it to three bikes you can't have any other bikes um, and I think really we should be limited to one set of wheels per bike as well but I think Luke Luke's not looking particularly happy about that but uh, we'll see how it all goes. I can make that work with mine. Yeah, yeah. I can make it work with mine. Yeah, yeah. Just got to pedal a bit harder. I could make it work, but it might be more convenient. <laughs> oh, more convenient, right, okay. But, <laughs> but is this like our dream garage, money, no mm-hmm. object, or our dream garage, what we could afford to buy? Because I've got money, no object. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I did think about this as well. Um, and obviously, like, money, no object would be pretty lush. So I'm going to allow you money, no object. But I, I've gone for money, some object. I've not gone like bargain basement, which is what actually I could afford. Uh, so I've gone for slightly unaffordable, but not entirely unrealistic. Um, yeah. A couple of them are unrealistic. A couple of yours are unrealistic. Ash, have you gone full gas or are you a bit more restrained? I'm a little bit more restrained. Good. I always uh, I always think that if you ever run the, the sort of mind experiment, what if I won the lottery? Mm-hmm. Along the, along the way, after that, you, most people say, "Well, I'd give a little bit of money to my parents and a little bit to mm. my, you know, my family or whatever." And mm-hmm. you, you go through this, you're splitting it out between people. To you're very share, altruistic for a bit, yeah, to share the wealth a little mm. bit. And so, you know, it's never, "I'm just going to keep all the money to myself." At least sure. I don't think it is. It never is to me. So here, there's a couple of sensible suggestions in here, but okay, well, so we'll, we'll let let let's kick off. Let's kick off, Luke. What's the first bike on your? Well, it's not going to be an absolute top spec dream list, is it? Is it not? <laughs> the first bike I'd have to have in my garage would be a full-on long travel 29er in di- um, enduro bike. Okay. Um, I'm not too fussy on which one I'd end up with. Right. Um, there are a lot of good bikes out there, whether it was a, a Trek, a Santa Cruz, a Nuke Proof, a Canyon, mm-hmm. a Cube Pivot, whatever. There are a lot of good long travel 29 enduro bikes out there. Yeah. But that's kind of the majority of the riding I do and that's my preferred riding okay um so I don't think I could give up one of those bikes if yeah I had to, three bikes I'd definitely be space in the garage for one of those um I've been lucky and rode a few lately and uh I had a really good time on the new Santa Cruz Mega Tower mm-hmm. um and hopefully we're getting that in for test for a bit of a longer test as well at some point mm-hmm so that would be on the short list as well, I think. Yeah, you were saying earlier on in the office about that new uh, Canyon Strive that you've been quite interested in. It's got geometry adjust, it's got the shapeshifter. Yep, so I've got that on test currently at the minute, the Canyon Strive CFR. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and that's a, a really good bike to say. It's, it's got a few details on it that other Enduro bikes don't have mm-hmm. um, that make it just a little bit more interesting. Um, the geometry has been like fully updated for like the new bike they've just released this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it much more progressive and yeah, certainly like race focused. So, um, so yeah, that would be on the shortlist as well. Okay. So, but I think there's a lot of good bikes out there. Like I had a 29er Cube Stereo 170 last year as my mm-hmm. long-term bike. 
And that was super fun as well. I enjoyed that bike a lot. Yeah. So, okay. And what is it about these longer travel enduro bikes that you particularly like? I know you say, you say you ride that a lot, but what do the longer travel ones give you that maybe a downhill bike doesn't or maybe a sort of more capable trail bike? Why do you want a big sofa of a bike? So downhill bike's just too inconvenient. Okay. You just can't pedal it to the top. And I can't afford to go and do uplifts every weekend mm-hmm. at different bike parks. But you can't afford a super top end. <laughs> but I could afford these yeah. dream bikes that, yeah, that are going to line my garage. Um, no, but it's just a ride. I think it's more convenient than a downhill bike. Mm-hmm. And it's as close to downhill as you can get without needing an uplift. Okay. Uh, and that's the riding I find most fun. The, the steepest, roughest, rockiest, rootiest hills I can go and find to ride down, that's what I choose to go and do. Is there enough of those near here for a big travel bike like that to really be justified? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, that's fine. That yeah. is for, uh, yeah. In my head. And if you ride a shorter travel bike, like a 140, 150 mil trail bike, what's wrong with those? Do they just not go as fast as you want or do you find you get to the limits of them too much? No, I... They're more than capable for all the trails around here, really. They're not going to hold you back. And I can ride a a one... um, for example, I was just on the Specialized Stump Jumper Evo mm-hmm. recently. That's a 160, 150 bike, mm-hmm. so 164, 150 rear travel. And that's super capable, you know, for the local riding around South Wales and Forest of Dean um, and bits of the Southwest. It will do the job. It will do it well. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, yeah, it just, it misses that little bit of comfort mm-hmm. and that little bit of kind of get out of trouble. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, and I'm just, I'm just persuaded by yeah. long travel bikes okay they just fair enough fair enough i think um you, you say there isn't a particular model that you want i'm going to come back to you at the end because i want you to give a specific okay bike yeah because them's the rules that i've just made up <laughs> uh ash let's talk about your first bike on your uh, in your dream garage Okay, so the first bike in my dream garage is the Cannondale Super 6 Evo High Mod Disc, circa 2018. Ooh. So we're talking about the original... The OG. The original, the OG. We're talking about, you know, with uh, non-aero profile tubes. Mm-hmm. It's not too much anyway. Um, where the, you know, the, the, the back end of your top tube would meet the seat stays. Non-dropped. Non-dropped, yeah. exactly. So lovely classical looking bike. Mm-hmm. And Cannondale over, say, 2017 and 2018 launched some black ink builds yeah. around these. Uh, the rim brake came first, disc brake came after, I believe. And to be honest, I'd take either of them at this point because you can't buy them anymore anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think they look the bee's knees. Yeah. Absolutely awesome um i rode a uh, 2016 version at the Adapter tour and it for a single day's ride it's still the best ride for me personally because i fit on that bike so well with the geometry and how it behaves and the kind of riding i love to do which is climbing mountains mm-hmm. doing a little bit of descending but a bit of flat work as well you know it it was one of and it wasn't even that highly specced at the time um compared to what i could have had um it was it was just a fantastic ride it was absolutely sublime nice okay and uh, talk us through this particular bike that you want then so it's not particularly aero necessarily nope. um not drop stays but nope. it is disc is it di2 is it etap what what we're talking spec wise what sort of thing are you after for me i mean i, I i'm loath to say it i would say i would have because it's money no object i would say dura ace di2 mm-hmm. although having said that Altegra di2 would do just fine it performs mm-hmm almost pre- well precisely the same uh, in this day and age especially with the latest group set on but if you look even if you're looking back at 2018 you're still looking at more or less the same kind of performance mm-hmm. so i wouldn't necessarily be worried too much about it either way okay um it, it came with um i can't remember the wheel brand that it had on it uh, but it was all marked up as black ink the paint job was all black really stealthy really mm-hmm. nice looking bike um and it just it just looked the bee's knees no and i think i have a friend i think i have a friend or at least an acquaintance who owned one um i can't remember if he had exactly the model i'm thinking about but he it was i, I remember seeing it on a club ride once and just thought okay i'm in love with that I, no. need, I need that in my life so it sounds so obviously that bike has been superseded by the, a, a later or at least one or two later generations right uh yes one which one, yes yeah i guess technically on paper one would assume is a better bike on paper but i tend to think that 
the best bike for you, and it's something I'll end up repeating a lot, I think, at my time here at Radar, is um, the best bike for you is the one that you want to get out and ride. Mm-hmm. It's the, For me, when I, if I propped it up outside a coffee stop or I, I, I was riding it out on a mountain, for example, I think that's the bike that I would feel most at home on because it looks great. I feel like I look great probably don't be honest <laughs> you, you always look great Ash. thanks thanks mate um but it's just in terms of that blender performance that i'm looking for and just my memories of that day mm-hmm. and the riding that i did that day um i wasn't even on carbon rims it wasn't on oh, rims and shocking it, yeah well uh, exactly <laughs> but at the time it was just the best it was the best experience i've had on, on a road bike to date and it still probably is lodged in my memory as the best experience so it has to be it has to be that bike and that ultimate expression of that you know the black ink bikes which you know with hindsight we now look at it and say okay well in 2019 we launched a mm. we launched the new the new version of it so it's just the kind of ultimate expression of that and sadly i think by the time this podcast goes out um cannondale will you know they will have launched this leaked bow uh lightweight uh super six evo okay and when i saw that headline just drop into my inbox i thought yeah oh, brilliant we're gonna have the old frame style back because you know you can make that lighter right? mm-hmm. there's no there's no aero profiling in it uh, sadly it's not for me personally and uh, and you know maybe on paper the the new frame is 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 uh faster in some way more compliant in another way maybe maybe stiffer but th- i I, st- I if i had to have a dream garage that's the bike i would go I'm going to get that out for special occasions. Nice. So you kind of gone heart overhead. Yes. In some respects, which which I think is which I think that's is uh, a, what a lot of people do when they when they buy their bikes. You know, you could you could buy the one that's on paper the the best for you, but mm-hmm. actually sometimes if it's the one that gets you out more, is the one that isn't quite so bad. You know, yep. perfect for you. Then you you end up going for that one. I think that's very valid. Says the technical editor. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Very nice. Okay, well, I'll uh, I'll move on to my bike number one, uh, which is I'm going backwards on my list. I made I made a list. I've got paper with me, and it's actually the third bike I talked about. Now I am a mountain biker through and through in in many respects, although the other two bikes are mountain bikes. Um, and unlike as as you might have guessed from my discussion with Luke, I'm not convinced on the whole. Uh, just riding around on a massive sofa of a bike, I, I don't find it particularly engaging or interesting. <laughs> So I, I've gone for a trail bike, and uh, there's a lot of you know, as uh, as Luke said, there's a lot of cool trail bikes on the market. Um, bikes like the Commonsal Meta TR29, which was actually launched about three or four years ago, had a, a soft spot for that. In fact, it was our trail bike of the year back in I want to say 2017 or 2018. It's an absolute lump of a bike, um, but I really, I just really liked it. Good shape, good suspension, cool brand. Nice looking bike as well. It was like British racing green with the orange fox forks, and it just it just worked. Um, evil offering, 141 mil travel at the back. I've just always had. I've only ever really ridden an evil once, and it just had the best feeling back end. Or, or maybe it's one of those like head over heart things. I just remember the back end of that bike just feeling absolutely brilliant and, and beautiful. And ever since then, I've really lusted after an evil. And every time, uh, every year. In the autumn, we come round to like, oh, what's our long-term bike's going to be next year? And I'm always saying to Rob, oh, um, <clears throat> could I, uh, could I get, an, uh, could I get an evil, Rob? Uh, and every year, I never get one. Yeah, guess who did? <laughs> yeah, guess who did? Hey, Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it landed on my desk. <laughs> I'm not Tom's bitter dream. at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Tom's dream bike on my desk. <laughs> the, the other sort of bike on my potential list, actually completely renegades on my previous statement of not really liking long travel bikes. So there's a Norco Shore, um, has a high pivot, uh, long travel uh, enduro bike. And the only reason why it's on my list is because they did one with like a pinky blue fade colorway. Uh, and it's like really good value. And it look, looks absolutely sick. And if I was going to spend my own money and had to buy a bike that was going to completely isolate me from anything underneath the wheels, uh, it would have to be that. But um, I'm going to go for a Bird Ether 9. Um an aluminium, incredibly good value uh, trail bike from a brand that I've just got an awful lot of time for. Um, they make some really nice bikes, put out at really good price points. They're maybe not most aesthetically polished uh, at all. Um, you know, there's big welds on there. They're not like particularly svelte or sort of they're not particularly sexy, I guess. Um, but the bikes are all solid, you know, good suspension. The kit they put on them is, you know, really good value for money. Uh, and geometry-wise, it sort of ticks all my boxes of being long, 
but without necessarily being super long. Um, slack, which I do quite like. Uh, low BBs, nicely sort of centered between the wheels. Just They just handle very nicely. And I think pound for pound, um, they're just great bikes. You're going for more practical choice. A practical choice, yeah. Rather than uh, something super fancy, yeah. being the sake of fancy. Exactly. I mean, I haven't won the lottery. Um, also, no, I, I don't buy into the whole like, oh, you've got to like really, you know, be preen and, and be really careful over your real fancy bikes. Like, if a bike gets scratched and gets dropped and all that sort of thing, that's that's life. But I like the sort of the ease at which you can live with a, a brushed finish frame with no paint, just a few stickers. Um, and you can just sort of see everything there and it working. And you're like, that's what it is. No like fancy bullshit going on. It's just a solid aluminium, good trail bike with good spec, run by good people. Fair enough. Yeah. Any, any riding recently that's influenced this film? Um, uh, only through chance. Like I, actually, I, I, I did spend uh, three weeks in the Alps this summer riding an Ether 9. Um, and I mean, there were times when it wasn't like the dream bike, but it, you wanted something a bit longer and plusher, didn't you? I no, <laughs> I wanted something. Not in the slightest. Your hands are getting Compared to the bike that I might have said like a few months ago, the Marinelle Roy Steel Hardtail, um, the Ether Nine was was luxurious in comparison. Um, but no, there is something. But I tell you what, the, the Ether Nine it, it does have like. It's, it, it, the suspension has that like really cliched, horrible thing of being like really like supple, and then and then it's super supportive, and it ramps up beautifully at the end, and it does all of those things like really well. But it also climbs incredibly well. The one thing I don't like about the Ethan is just how well it climbs because you have no excuse to get off and push because it will be you who's given up before the bike has, and uh, it's frustrating at times. Yeah, when you no, no one else knows that though. It's just, it's just, uh, that, that is true. That, that is true. You just make it look difficult. Yeah. I'm very good at making it look oh, difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so there we go. That, that's my, that'd be my choice. Uh, a bird ether nine um, with, yeah, a Shimano group set. Oh, no, 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 no. SRAM access group set. GX access because it'd be good value. Um, RockShox suspension, uh, nice wheels and Maxxis tyres. There you go. Yeah. All right. Can you personalise the, can you? Yeah. So with, with bird, like you have, there's so many options for, you know, like there's, they have drivetrain options from Shimano and from SRAM. They have various wheel options. You know, they have their own sort of branded bird wheels. They would do Hope wheels or do all sorts. Uh, loads of race face finishing kit, bird finishing kit. They'll do Rock Shocks, Fox. Uh, I think they're going to start offering like EXT and Formula and all sorts, like, low, like a, a, an absolute myriad options um, and really good value. So there we go. Yeah, fair. Wise yeah. choice, Tom. Wise thanks, choice. Thanks. Let's hear about your second choice, Luke. Okay, so my second choice, I'm going to first apologise for the pronunciation of this bike because I might not get it right, but Ash, perhaps you can help me with this one. I will go for the uh, Civello Aspero 5. Sounds more or less right to me. Sounds right. It's got an it's got a accent on the A, hasn't it? Yeah. As, but you got it. Aspero. 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 Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Aspero five. And because apparently I'm really rich, you know, <laughs> I'm doing the Red Explore ETAP Access One by. Okay. Um. So I am pretty much a mountain biker through and through, but I have been known to go on the old gravel ride. Um, I even did my first road sportive earlier this year. I went and did the Tour of Flanders. Um, and I do commute to work on the road occasionally from time to time. And I just kind of want one bike that is really versatile across those disciplines. Um, so like a fast, aero, racy road bike just wouldn't cut it because I'd want to go off-road at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but a fast, racy, aero, gravel bike sounds pretty fun. You know, I think that can go on the road and it can go off the road. And this is where I'd probably like two sets of wheels, mm. but Tom might not let me have two mm. sets of wheels. So um, You can have two sets of tyres. No, I'm not going to change tyres. <laughs> I'm just going to put one set of tyres on and leave it. I've got a gravel bike at the minute and uh, and I do just have one set of wheels on there. And I, I thought, oh, I just need to buy another set of wheels, make life easier because... Because you know the joys of changing tubeless tires. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. You're a big fan. <laughs> well Check out Tom's Instagram. <laughs> so, um, but if that was the case, one set of wheels, I'd put some fast gravel tires on there. Um, I even looked these up. Um, what do we go for? Some is it Maxis Receptor? Mm -hmm. I heard they were pretty good fast gravel tire. Cool. Um, 
And I think that bike would hopefully then cover me again from my commutes to work on the road, the odd road sportif, a bit of off-road gravel riding, some bridleway bashing. And I think it just looks a cool bike. Mm. Um, One thing I've noticed on that is you've gone from um, your mountain bike, which has literally all the travel, to a gravel bike with, is, am I right in thinking it's got no suspension whatsoever? Yeah, no, no, no suspension. Right. Nothing on it. Yeah. No, um, you, you're happy to rattle everywhere. Yeah. On a gravel bike, I rattle around. It's fine. What, what, I, what with the tyres? Uh, 40, probably. 40, okay. Yeah. yeah. I would run inserts as well. I've got a gravel bike and it has okay. inserts. Mm. Like every bike I'm on has inserts. I, d- I don't see the downsides of not running them. Mm-hmm. Like you get on a gravel bike and there's, you come across some quite rocky, rough downhills yep. mm. and mm. and you want to go fast, but it's just the bike holds you back and the tyres the most. Mm. So just throw the inserts in there and then you can just bash down them a little bit a little bit more gnarly. Yeah. Um, but that bike, I think, looks super cool. Would you check a dropper post on it? No, probably not. Yeah, nice. Um, I think if I was to put an upgraded seat post, I might try one of the, like, Canyon Flex Post. I can't remember. The Ergon. Oh, the Canyon VCLS 2.0 that's now sent in by Ergon. Yeah, the exact yes. same ones. Cause yes. I think they're brothers. Uh, the guy who started Canyon and the guy who started... Uh, gone. Anyway, there you go. That's good knowledge. Thanks, yeah. I know, I know we've got a review of one of those coming up. So mm. I've been running one on my gravel bike for a little while. Yeah, if I'm going to go ride downhill, I'll probably just go on my Endura bike. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so this would be used to cover distance, and uh, and I don't think I'd need to drop a post on that. Yeah. I'd just keep it simple. Um, but yeah, one of those comfortable seat posts sounds like a good compromise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would hopefully cover a lot of boxes or tick a lot of boxes when I'm not on my mountain bike. Nice. Sounds good. And do you know how much it costs? Uh, this one is £10,200. <laughs> so, Cheap. Yeah, yeah, pocket change. Value. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just go around Tom's sofa and just hunt down the back of it. <laughs> well, I've not spent that much money on mine, so there's plenty left. Plenty left. <laughs> Ashley, are you, are you spending uh, five figures on your, next, on your next bike? No, I'm not, oh, actually. What a shame. No, I'm not. I might do for my third bike. Okay. You never know. But no, this, my second bike is a... Is a Fairlight Strail Three. Oh, you've gone for the Jack Luke school of bikes. Well, I own one. Okay. So I'm, I'm, and I bought one before I joined these, uh, these fair, well, this, this fair ship that we call Bike Radar. <laughs> um, so I have always had a small, a, a small affinity to the classical looks of like a steel bike um, and steel frame. I was fortunate enough, you know, in years ago to review a few mm-hmm. steel bikes and I just loved them. I loved I loved I loved the just the feel of them. You know, this whole steel is real thing really felt real to me. Um and, you know, it, it it turned, you know, five star ratings across, you know, and top ratings on on bike radar, but also with other mm-hmm. publications as well. So it's not just Jack Luke's um, thought school. It's always it's always a good thing when the bike you reviewed well gets good reviews elsewhere as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, thank God I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it's not just me. It's not just me. Um, so I sort of aggregated all those scores. Thought right, okay, uh, th- this is the one. This is the one I need. And actually, I wanted it because I wanted to go a little bit left field with the brand. Fairlight's mm-hmm. not that well known amongst you know every cyclist around. Um, I still get raised eyebrows whenever I, t- I pitch up on one on it. Um, and it's a, it's a small British brand, and I think I think it's good to try and support local wherever you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it, it kind of fitted in with that. Um, I bought it as a utilitarian bike. Uh, when I when I got it, I thought, right, okay, this is my winter bike. Um, this is my this is my commuter bike. This is my do it all bike. And I could also, oh, if I wanted, fit some wider tires on it and potentially go on some very very light gravel. Um, road adjacent, as Matthew Loveridge would have called it. Oh wow! Rest, yeah. in, rest in peace, rest Matthew, in peace. Lo- <laughs> Matthew Loveridge. Um, yeah, road adjacent. Uh, ho- however you want to describe it, but it it's actually turned out to be an absolutely fantastic all rounder mm-hmm. and better than I could have imagined it being. Um, it's so versatile. You can you could run it as your heavyweight as your heavyweight commuter with your with your pannier racks and your your um your mud guards on or you could spec it with um a di2 group set and some carbon rims and and use it whether you'd use it as a race bike or not is another thing it's too beautiful for that you couldn't wouldn't want to risk mm-hmm. it for a crash but that you could use it for you know your sport your competitive sportive ride or your you know and it's quick it's fast yeah. and i i even like the fact that it's got external cable routing 
it makes me nostalgic mm-hmm. and I like it and it's pretty the paint job is nice and um, I've got mine specced with 105 at the moment mm-hmm. you know group set of the people and the all every that. man's choice every man's choice exactly um, and some Hunt uh, Hunt alloy wheels all season alloy wheels mm-hmm. so nice and wide running 28 mil Conti uh, all season tyres at the moment so so pretty standard setup not tubeless just running tubes mm-hmm. um, but I mean I could easily upgrade it to, you know, the new 105 Di2, for example, uh, whenever I can get my hands on a on a set and uh, 2026. 20, yeah, maybe something around yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the bike will age well. Yes. You know, because uh, it's already pre-aged. <laughs> so, um, you know, it. I mean, I could upgrade it to that. I could put some. I could quite happily put some uh, carbon rims on it, mm. and I know it would do them justice. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, in my head I kind of want it to be a little bit sort of left field and fit mud guards on it but put the carbon rims mm-hmm. on it as well so it's like a winter bike but I'm flying around the place you know with my pants on fire yeah um but no, it's and I, fi- I finished it with uh, with um, the hope they you get like to spec different parts okay, of it yeah. as well and um, I finished it with Hope Tech um, heads, headset bearings and, and stuff as well just to match the orange oh you went you went anno orange did you I went anno orange yeah Brave. with well it, I've got the putty colour as well so the I didn't go with the orange colourway or the I think they got the stealth carbon uh-huh. grey colour at the time and they did a limited edition purple colour which came out just after mine had arrived mm-hmm. It's like damn them. Get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a beautiful. I've seen it in the in the flesh actually, and it's a beautiful, beautiful yeah. colorway. Um, but no, I like my putty color. I've not one to not one to have two flashy colors on my mm-hmm. bike. So uh, yeah, a little bit of orange with the orange highlights. It works a treat. I love it. Absolutely love it. I think uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, I'll aspire to do a pod plug uh, for this podcast, uh, which means I'll put an article on Bike Radar. Oh, yeah. And so we'll get some that's internal comms to uh, speak for uh, yeah. an article. Uh, so I'll uh, I'll ask you for a photo of it. Okay. There we go. Then we can all see what it looks like. Absolutely. It's it's often in the garage down here. I ride it in, so it's often here. You can go and have a look at it. Uh, and see yeah. Like. I mean, maybe more for the listeners. <laughs> oh, maybe that, maybe that as well. Maybe yeah. That. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Right. Well. And you. Uh, and you come on. Well, yeah. So my. Um, I'm going to go for a gravel bike because um, I've got a mountain bike now, so that's all good. Now, regular listeners to the podcast will be expecting me to say that I want a laugh true grit, and you'd be wrong. I don't want a laugh true grit anymore. It's, it's been done. I've talked about it too much. Uh, so I'm going to get a laugh Segler instead. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> for the sake of variety. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Um, because I mean, like I, you know, I, I test mostly mountain bikes. I've, I've ridden a few gravel bikes in my time, but I stand by the fact that I think the Sager is now the best gravel bike on the market, uh, which is a quite a big claim, I know. But coming back to that comment a few minutes ago of you know other people sort of validating your your findings, I've read a few um, other reviews from other places, you know, in Europe and North America, and everyone who's tested it seems to come back incredibly positive about it. And and I genuinely think it's absolutely great. Have you ridden this bike before? The Segler, yes, it's, I've got one in my carriage right now, and uh, uh, I'm testing it for Bike Radar. So there's a first ride on BikeRadar.com. There will be a full review. Uh, there might even be a video one day. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop the mic. I might even buy it. Wow! Uh, there we are. I'm nine nine years in to this job, and I've never bought a bike. Don't own any bikes. Might buy it. If Lau for listening, I'm not obviously not going to buy it, but I'll just borrow it for a bit longer. <laughs> but I actually genuinely, when when they ask for it back, which they will do at some point soon, uh, I might, uh, I'll be, um, yeah, I might ask them to buy it. I feel it. like I misunderstood the title of this podcast. Is when you said like Dream Garage, I just went out and thought, what the coolest bikes I don't have and could never have. <laughs> and you guys, you can ask to test them. I could do, but it's, there we uh, go. Well, mine was by luck. But you've got the ones you've already like. You've already got your dream garage. It sounds like at home. Uh, and, and Tom's well, filling up with his like test bike. I'm but filling up like, mine with the ones I've got in the garage <laughs> at the moment because I was looking at the garage and thinking this is like almost a dream garage. My final bike isn't. Um, I'll talk about the Sega though. It's um it's a gravel race bike. I don't like big sit up and beg, slow ponderous, boring gravel bikes. Not into that. Um, but I do like racy bikes. When I ride a road bike, I always want to ride like an aero race bike. So it makes sense that my gravel bike is a racy one. Um, the Segler updated from the uh, True Grit with more tyre clearance, uh, slightly more compliance at the back, uh, slightly updated 30mm uh, leaf sprung suspension fork. 
Um, and yeah, so I've, I'm running it at the moment with 50C Maxxis Ramblers, um, which roll pretty fast, although it could go a bit faster, I think, on tyres, um, but loads of compliance in there. Uh, and the grit fork at the front, 30 mil of friction-free travel. Um, it's not perfect. It has its issues, but uh, for sort of what it's designed to do and what I like doing on the bike, it works very well. Um, so I... Um, have picked the rival, uh, the Weekend Warrior wireless model, which is the second from bottom, um, because it comes with rival access, which, you know, for me, like I'm not riding gravel five days a week, I'm riding gravel two days a week, and it works great. It's be- I love access, I think it's great, and the rival stuff for me works perfectly well. And when it runs out, I'm going to be swapping it for a XX1 or X01 or GX access rear mech and a 10 to 52 cassette to get an even wider range of gears. So the rival will do for now with its 10 to 44 tooth um, cassette. And it comes with E13 alloy uh, XCX hoops, which I would replace pretty much straight away because... I'm not a massive fan of those wheels. I just put somewhere else on, um, and a single-sided power meter. I don't need a dual-sided power meter because I don't really care. So it comes with a single-sided, whatever. So that's fine. That's what I buy, and it comes in at three thousand eight hundred and ninety pounds or four thousand three hundred and eighty dollars for our many American listeners. It's great. Final round. Filling up your garage, well, Tom. Thanks. All right. So yeah, I've got another cheap bike next. <laughs> <laughs> How many figures is this one? Well, this like. You made me feel bad, so I've downgraded. Oh, so this one's don't just, feel you have to. This Luke. is just eight and a half grand. Oh. Eight and a half thousand pounds. Great. Um, I don't know what the American price is. Sorry, American listeners. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, I've gone for the Trek Fuel EXE 9.8 XT. Mm. So, Trek's new lightweight gravel bike. <laughs> what? No gravel, no. Bloody no. gravel bike. <laughs> Trek's new lightweight e bike. Yeah. Um, and I've never ridden this bike. No. No. Again, I just thought, oh, what bikes would be super cool? Mm-hmm. And this one I think is super cool. But there comes a bit of a caveat with it because I would turn it into more of a sofa. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not got much travel, has it? So it's it's, well, it's got plenty of travel. It's got 150 front and yeah. 140 rear. But I was looking through the geometry and it's pretty low. Mm-hmm. And the C-tube angle is plenty steep enough. Mm-hmm. So you could easily up the fork travel to 160. Okay, yeah. And like the shock stroke is 60 mil. Mm-hmm. So you could easily take out the reducing spacer either by 2.5 mil mm-hmm. or 5 mil and increase the rear travel as well. So potentially you could have like a 160, 150 okay. bike out of it. Yeah. Which just, you know, would suit me better. Yeah. I don't think it'd be too hard a change to do. And I don't think you'd ruin any of the uh, the geometry or the handling mm-hmm. or, or how the bike behaves. Um I say I haven't rode this bike, but I have been on a uh, specialized Turbo Levo SL, so okay. the lightweight Turbo Levo, and that was really good fun. Um, I think it's silly if people say, "Oh, they don't like e-bikes." Like going uphill on an e-bike's hilarious. Mm. Like it's really good fun, and if you're short on time or it's horrible weather, you just want a quick lap. Like e-bikes can be a great tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I definitely think there've been e-bike in the garage these days. Okay. Um, but I don't love descending on a full fat e-bike. This is my question. Yeah. Right. So I wouldn't, I have tested a few e-bikes uh, and yeah, they're good fun. But like the benefit of them going up doesn't outweigh yet the enjoyment you get from going down compared to my normal Enduro bike. So your normal Enduro bike is much better at descending than an e-bike and only a bit worse than an e-bike going uphill. So the compromise of the descending on the e-bike is not worth it. Yeah. At the minute, if you said, look, you have a four-fat e-bike or mm-hmm. an Enduro bike, I'd take the Enduro bike. Yeah. Um, but if you can like blend the two together and you get a lightweight e-bike, mm-hmm. then that sounds pretty good deal to me. So, um, so yeah. So, say, uh, the the Specialized I rode was yeah, yeah, super fun, really capable. And I think, you know, one of those bikes in the garage would be great for those days where you're a bit tired, can't be bothered. Just got short on time, but want to smash the laps out. Um, definitely a lightweight e-bike where you still get that kind of... A gentle push on the back. Yeah. Help you up the hills. Yeah. So, yeah, it can help you winch up the hills, but then you're not struggling to slow down. You're not overshooting corners. You're not worried because mm-hmm. I don't ride them enough that I feel as confident on that bike as I do my Enduro bike. Mm-hmm. That's where the, the lightweight one... Um, yeah, you can just get on and, and, and ride it and ride it comfortably and ride it confidently. Yeah. 
So that would uh, that would fill up. That'd be it. That would my garage. So. Yeah, this is the XT build. There are more expensive ones. Why did you not go for those? <laughs> Were you feeling <laughs> no, guilty? I felt guilty. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't need any more £30,000 garage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And XT. Who needs more than XT? Well, quite. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, the walker. So so that would uh, that would round out my, my three bikes. Sounds like a great garage. I didn't, yeah. You need to. We'll come back to you for the, um, for the Enduro, Enduro bike. bike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ash, does your third bike have a motor? No, it does not. Wow. It does not. And actually, I'm sort of reverting to type here because it's very similar to my first bike. Okay. It's not the same. Um, That'd be weird if it was, wouldn't it? it kind <laughs> two of, of the same bike. Two of the same bike. Well, they're, they're great. Uh, no, I, for me, like, I have, out of the two bikes I've had so far, none of, neither of them would be the ultimate expression of speed mm-hmm. to me. Um, I'm, I'm a roadie at heart, do a little bit of gravel, a little bit of, you know, dabble in other things but i'm i'm i love my you know riding road bikes in the mountains climbing descending all that stuff as i mentioned earlier um and i'm six foot two i weigh more than 80 kilos so i'm not a natural born climber i'm not going to fly up climbs but i'm i i think i'm fit and i think i'm healthy and i like to give it a good go um so i guess the question for me is if i were to ride the adapter tour tomorrow mm-hmm. or or um, any one of any one of a number of sportives out there. What would I want to put myself on? Um, and I've never ridden one before, but just by just by sort of sensing it um, and looking at the geometry charts and looking at how how I like the look of the bike and so on, I'd probably go for a BMC Team Machine SLR01. Mm, very nice. Um, now I I for, for the last six years I've owned my six six or seven years I've owned my I've got a Canyon Ultimate with. It's old now. It's got rim brakes, and I still love it. Even mm-hmm. you know, and it's even though still, it's barely rideable now. Uh, well, well, I upgraded it to dual race mechanical. <laughs> well, it's, it is a real fossil now, um, but it's um, you know, I think I think the BMC would you know, looking at the ch- the geometry chart would have a geometry that's almost perfect for me. It's aggressive without being that aggressive. You know, it's not going to give me backache at the end of the day, and um, yeah, I, I won't have to run a lot of stack on it at all. If I could also have a, possibly have it close to slammed. Um, I reckon, you know, Azure Desert riders when they ride in the pro team and they got their white frames and there's a spectacular with Campagnolo kit, mm. um, which, you know, lo- love it or hate it, I suppose, but uh, it, 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 they, they look great when they ride those bikes and the, the frames themselves, the white frames with the red tops look absolutely, you know, top tubes look absolutely brilliant. Um, and I once upon a time tested a road machine uh, endurance bike and I remember thinking at the time, well, I loved it, first of all, but I remember thinking at the time, you know, what if I could have this level of performance and this level of polish, um, it, you know, in, in, as an expression of a an all-round performance road bike? What if I could have this, but in a geometry that just suits me a little bit better, that makes the front end a little bit more mm-hmm. direct and lets me get a little bit more aero? And the team machine would be the answer. Uh, and it still would be today. There are lots of you know very similar bikes out there at the moment, and I, I won't get into naming them all. But you know, you're talking about your Canyon Ultimates and your mm-hmm. your Trekking Mondas, for example. And they're all very similar with little little aero tweaks on there. But for me, the the BMC still looks like the most handsome of the lot. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, maybe I should base this on bikes that I've ridden before. But I, this is the one I find myself coveting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. I mean maybe the swiss nature of the of the brand as well you know plays to my sense of detail and you know <laughs> as well but um you know i'd want it dressed in altegra Di- uh, sorry excuse me durace di2 but i wouldn't mind if it came with altegra because i don't think it'd make that much difference to <laughs> me at all it yeah. probably wouldn't make much difference if i had 105 di2 to be honest <laughs> you know um i'd probably opt for 50 mil dc swiss arcs mm-hmm. uh, the 1100 die uh, die cuts with the i think it's the 180 uh, 180 ratchet hub mm-hmm. um, off the top of my head now just for that aero punch although I wouldn't be upset if someone put me on DT Swiss ERCs mm-hmm. you know with the extra width so a little bit shallower so a little bit easier to handle but lots more sort of compliance you know through the, through the tyre I could run like 32s on that and just well, it would be like a, a sofa a sofa yeah, yeah yeah it would it, it really would a um, road bike for Luke yeah, but we mentioned it earlier. Like, I wouldn't want to overspec the bike. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I, he say he says having having <laughs> said, oh, "I'd like Jura's well, to yeah, on yeah. it." But like, if we, you know, 
a ceramic speed oversized pulley wheel is a lovely thing mm-hmm. but i it would kind of spoil the experience for me knowing that i spent x amount of money on mm-hmm. my oversized pulley wheel and then found that i was worried about breaking it or having it knocked mm-hmm. all the time you know as you say a bike needs to be needs to be resilient to the world and scratches happen mm-hmm. life happens to a bike if you haven't it hasn't been ridden if that hasn't happened yeah you know so having too much don't mind having ceramic speed bearings of course not you know but having you know something that's sticking out of the bottom of the bike where it could easily just get broken for me is possibly a step too far mm-hmm. plus i'd never feel that difference anyway you know i'm nowhere near good enough i never will be good enough to feel that difference don't put so. yourself down now. uh well i'll try not to <laughs> yeah but um yeah that would be my my third bike something that the ultimate expression of what would allow me to get the most out of myself and that's the bike that i would like to ride rather than necessarily a bike that's now optimized for aero and may technically be 30 seconds faster sure. but if it if it means i'm nursing a bad back at the end of the day mm-hmm. then that's not worth it to me at yeah. all you know i want to love the ride as well as go quick so nice that's me. okay and go on finish us off well my final bike is the mustache lundy 20 great name yep well, I wasn't expected that. You that. weren't, were you? Yeah. You weren't. It's an e-bike, but it's a, a little, uh, it's a cargo bike because um, I live in a city. I don't like pedaling around my city. I live in Bristol. Uh, it's got hills. If I'm going to go and go to, you know, from St. George to Clifton, if you know Bristol, you know there's a hill in the middle. I've got no interest in pedaling uphill with my shopping. Um, so I'll take an e-bike. I've got I've been riding e-commuters for a long time, um, and I think they're a great way of just getting around town. Uh, I've got a mountain bike and I've got a gravel bike. Don't need another sort of like fun bike. I need a bike for getting around. Um, the Massage Lundy Twenty. I got an email about it like a year and a half ago. It popped into my inbox, and just uh, it, it sort of sprang out of me because the 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 press pack and the website that developed for it is like just really fun. Um, it's a little twenty-inch cargo bike, uh, long tail, but because it's got small wheels. Um, its entire length is 185 centimetres, I think. So it's not actually a big bike. It's just because uh, it's got small wheels. You can pop it up and rest it on the back of its pannier rack so it stands like up tall, which I think is kind of funky. Space-saving um, too. Space-saving. practical. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky that I do have a garage that I can put bikes in, but in the past when I've had like flats or lived in like, you know, terraced houses, storing like a, an e-bike or a cargo bike is basically nigh on impossible. Um, so being able to pop it up on its back is pretty cool. Um, and like things like the Radwagon um, and uh, a lot of the Reason Muller, like cargo bikes, there's loads of accessories. So if you had kids, God forbid, I don't, thank God, uh, you could have seats for it or you can have like cargo racks, you can have baskets and all sorts. So loads of like really cool funky ways of like carrying luggage and i've got a real thing about carrying luggage on bikes i love like having to pick up a bike from from our workshop in town and uh pedaling in on my commuter bike with a trailer and like strapping the bike to the back of my trailer and pedaling at home I, i like doing things like that or like carrying wheels and things on the back of my bike so uh, yeah, I just I just think it's really cool. Um, comes with a Bosch motor. Uh, I go for one of the cheaper ones with a Shimano D or ten speed group set because I don't really need more than that. Twenty inch wheels, um, and it's got a dropper post, which when it's really loaded, you know, I found in the past commuter bikes when they've got droppers actually really useful. But it's a dropper post and a suspension seat post at the same time, so it's got ten mil of suspension and a hundred mil of drop. I think, which just seems to like just make sense to me. Um, yeah, just a cool... Another practical choice, Tom. Just a really yeah. practical choice. I'm a practical man. Apparently so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said, what's your dream garage? And you've gone practical. <laughs> well, you know what I would? I would say an electric commuter bike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it, you know, it does exactly what I need. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a dream bike for the future for me. Uh, having an electric, electric cargo bike. Instead of having a second car, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm ashamed to admit we have two cars at the moment for practicality mm. reasons. I would love to be able to... I, I can't do it at the moment, but mm-hmm. I'd love to in the future be able to swap one out and have an e-cargo bike as well as mm. a, as well as a, a you know our standard sort of hybrid electric car as well that gets yeah. us you know the longer distances it's, it's, it's a brilliant idea they're awesome they, they are. are awesome and fun to ride as well yeah, yeah, yeah. surprise how fun you'd think they'd be like buses to, to ride but they're not at all. no no this one it's got a, a 200 kilogram load rating as well so you could go to what's, Ikea. What's the range on it? Well, how far can you get? Um, so it's got a 500 watt hour battery with a Bosch CX motor. So you're probably talking like 70k, 70-80k. Like I've, I've a lot of the. So I've got a Cube um, City commuter bike on test at the moment, and I had a Bergamont 
um, long-term test e-commuter bike that you can find on Bike Radar. And that same thing, you know, it's got a 500 watt battery. I mean, I'm talking, you know, it's a 12-minute commute to, to work for me. Um, so it, I only charge it once every few weeks. So I don't have to charge it very much. And it's rare that I'm going to go and do longer distances, so not really an issue. They, they do do one uh, versions with two batteries. So I guess if you're like a a courier sort of person who's maybe out all day and carrying heavy loads in a hilly city, you might want that dual battery setup. But I actually think 99% of people are just single battery. Pretty good. Save a, save a chunk of cash. Um, so, yeah, that would be my choice. There we are. Moustache Lundy 20, which means Moustache Monday 20, if you're a parlez-vous Francaise. Well, <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> Not just a bike tester. Right. Uh, <laughs> Luke. What is your final? What, what was the what was the enduro bike of yours? If you put me on the spot, I will go for the new Santa Cruz Mega Tower, mm-hmm. and I take the the GX Axis RSV. Another reserved conference. choice, very very um. Yeah, so a mid mid spec one. Why not the high spec one, Luke? Um, I don't need Kashima coated suspension. No, and I don't think I need XO one access gear mm-hmm. i think gx access is going to be just fine yeah yeah um i did choose the carbon wheels they yeah. seem nice yeah um but otherwise there's not much difference between that and the top set bike there is a flight attendant bike which is even more expensive mm-hmm. um but i've never used flight attendant mm. and not that i won't be interested to try it but i don't know if it's what i'd want to live with every day day in day out yeah ultimately you get the same amount of fun Riding, I think so. Uh, riding the spec that you've chosen instead of a spec that's higher up. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I wouldn't need to go higher spec than that to have fun. And that bike is far more capable than I can do anything with it. Cool. So, um, so yeah. Uh, but um, I rode that bike in the Pyrenees and that probably has something to do with it. Like, they were some of the most fun trails mm. I've ever been down. And uh, it was a really good bike ride and a really fun bike. And uh, that's probably kind of swayed my choice a little bit. But um, But that trip to go and ride that bike was hilarious fun. Great. And uh, and so if we're on the spot, I'd choose an Enduro bike. I'd just take that one in the minute. Nice. It's, it's like super slack, low, but it's not that long in geometry either. Mm-hmm. So it's quite playful, mm-hmm. even with the 29-inch wheels. I think bikes can get too long and too slack, and they become a bit of a handful. And that might be a topic for a future podcast. And that might be a topic for a future podcast, Tom, indeed. There we go. Okay. Well, then, hopefully, uh, as soon as you've enjoyed our little inputs, there's nine kind of cool bikes there. Um so yeah, hopefully, well, yeah. If you want to hear more about dream garages, we did actually do a podcast with Warren Roster, who has a garage full of bikes, uh, many of which he's owned. Um, it's quite an interesting one. Um, so there'll be a link to that in the pod plug or the uh, article associated with this podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Luke, and thank you, Ash, for your wonderful contributions. And uh, if you've got any, uh, I know we sort of say this at the start in the little jingle that goes out, but if you've got any, uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please review it. Drop us a five-star review on your podcast provider of choice. And if you've got any questions for our tech Q&As or any suggestions of podcasts that we could make in the future, drop us a line to podcast at bikeradar.com and we'll read it. And if it's good enough, we'll do it. Thanks Cheers. very much. Thank you, Tom. Cheers, bye-bye. Bye. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 